Hello and welcome to the Hopeless Podcast. My name is Delphia and I am your host. And joining us today, we have a special guest. None of the regulars are with us, which is sad, but we do have our guest, as I just said. So welcome, Rachel Lowe. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome having you on. And um, I met Rachel in 2019 at a youth camp and then we just got to know each other a bit more after that at different camps and just hanging out together. So Rachel, who are you for those who are listening? I ask this to every single person. So tell us a bit about yourself. Right. Well, I'm, I'm just a regular young person, I guess. I, I'm 20. Um, I have a part-time bookkeeping job. Um, we live on a property. So I, I love, gardening, love, love gardening. So I do that in my spare time. And um, I come from very, so always busy, always doing something. Um, yeah, so that's a bit about me. Nice. So um, what are some things, like you said you love gardening, which is awesome. What about like, I know that you've got a ministry, which I am also partly involved in, that, um, yeah, what do you do with that? And what are some of your passions along with the ministry? Yeah, so um, when COVID came in um, and we were in a lockdown and I'd just come back from a Bible college and I was so um, enthused with all these new things I'd been learning and I couldn't, I couldn't use them. So I decided, well, we can do online. We can't go um, out and about, but we can do online. So I started a ministry with um, my siblings and then a few other people in Delphia here. And um, yeah, so it's called Undivided Heart Ministry. And the verse is found in Psalms 86, verse 11. And it says, unite my heart to fear thy, night, thy name and I will walk in thy truth. Hmm. And, and basically the idea is that we, God wants an undivided heart. Hmm. He wants all of us. He doesn't want us to be half in, half out. He, he wants us to give him everything that we have. And so it's this idea of, of um, being able to share tips, ideas, resources, videos, um, and to inspire other young people in particular to be able to surrender their lives to Jesus and then to be able to, um, yeah, to serve him wholeheartedly. Hmm. Which is awesome. And, you know, I've been so blessed being a part of it, you know, writing blogs and stuff like that and just helping out where I can. Um, that's been amazing. And so one of your things that you're really into is helping young people, I guess. Yeah. So um, it was kind of born from, I guess, when I gave my life to God, to Jesus, um, I had, it was, I guess so many people talk about it and they say, you just can't help it but share. And I didn't understand that until I experienced it for myself. I was about 16 years of age. And all of a sudden I was like, this is powerful. I have joy. I have purpose. Mm -hmm. I have meaning in my life. Something I've been searching for, you know, I had a very, uh, I, I grew up, you know, in a religious house, but I never had that meaningful, purposeful, one-on-one um, -on -one relationship with Jesus, mm. you know, that led me to have purpose in my life. So when I found that, I just wanted, I just wanted to share that with mm. everyone. 
And then I started thinking about how I felt as a young person. I felt like I missed out on having someone else in my life who could point me in that direction. Mm. And so all of a sudden I'm, I'm this mindset of like, what about all those other young people that they haven't experienced this? Their, their, their life is very shallow, meaningless. There's, there's something more fulfilling out there. And so um, I wanted to be a missionary. I really wanted to be mm. a missionary overseas, but God did not open that door at all whatsoever, <laughs> no matter how hard I pushed it, right? Mm. I banged on that door and, and God was like, no, that's not for you. And so he led me to be a part of a team um, called Eastwood Missions who specializes in working with young people and inspiring them and equipping them for ministry. Mm. And after that, being with them, I was like, no, WA needs this because there was not much happening in WA. I was like, I'm going back. Now I've got the skills and the training. WA needs this. So that's kind of been my, I guess, my life model and mission is Mm. to inspire and equip other young people in WA to be able to share their faith in bold and relevant evangelism. Hmm. And for those of you who aren't in Australia, you may not realize, but Western Australia is very isolated from the rest of Australia. Um, We're a few thousand kilometers or probably close to a thousand miles from the next capital city. So we're... And we're about two years behind in all of the the (laughs) fancy developments over there. Yes, very true, very true. So like, we that's what when Rachel says that there isn't much going on here we mean there's not very much going on here especially with the young people like there may be some stuff like just in general with church but like specifically on young people literally everything is in the eastern states and it it really sucks because um it's too expensive I know like literally it's cheaper for someone over in uh, the eastern states to go to New Zealand than it is for them to come over here to Western Australia, um, which is really annoying because I've got friends in New Zealand that I'd love to see, but it's, you know, too much to like go over there. So we're very isolated and, you know, we really, really need people like Rachel who are, you know, willing to go and help the youth here. And I think um, it's not like, as you said, with having a one-on-one relationship with Christ. I think that's what a lot of people are missing, especially young people, where it's just like there's, you know, they've got their life ahead of them. And it's just like, I don't want to be tied down by religion, but religion is liberating. And I think that's probably something that young people don't see Mm. is that side of religion. And I think that's one of the reasons why they leave church a lot of the time. I know. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, so I... I I, I sat down one, one day and I think about these things. And so I was thinking, how do you keep a young person in the church? Why did they leave? And I asked a few different people and I came to the conclusion because they have no purpose. Young people are very active. They're, very, they're full of energy and enthusiasm, right? And, and can I share a quote with you? Yeah, sure. Yeah? Go ahead. Um, It's a quote that I found specifically about young people. And it says, youthful talent, well-organized and well-trained is needed in our churches. Now Mm. think about that. Youthful talent is needed. Mm. 
but it has to be well organized and well trained. So, mm. so we had this, this, all this abundance of energy and enthusiasm and ideas and creativity, but we don't have it well organized and well trained. Mm. Now, some people say, let the youth at it and just let them do their thing. And then because they're undirected, you know, there's no one training them and mentoring them. It kind of fizzles out or, or they get sidetracked and they haven't, they don't really, they don't have the, the solid foundation. So, mm. you know, or they say, oh, no, we can't have that because they are inexperienced. They'll make mistakes. Mm. But no, this quote clearly says that youthful talent is needed, but it is to be, it's to be molded and shaped and, and, and cultivated. Mm. So that, that's my idea is that you, to, in order to keep someone um, active in the church, you put them to work. Mm. Definitely. I think, you know, as it's said, the idle mind is the devil's workshop. And I think that's a problem with a lot of different youth with, you know, they don't have anything to do. As you said, they aren't given responsibility, so they don't go and ask for it either. And then they're just like, I'm kind of useless here. I could be out, you know, somewhere else doing things that are more enjoyable to me. And it, I guess, becomes a drudgery to be mm. at church when they could be doing something else, which is fulfilling them or they think is fulfilling them more than what religion is or would. Exactly. I think what's really important for young people is a sense of belonging. And the best mm. way to feel like you belong is to have responsibilities and to be part of a team. And not an idle team, an active team that's mm-hmm. making progress and, and, and is you can see success results. You can see the fruit of what you're doing. And, and another one is to um, also feel that um, what you're doing is not only you're a part of it, but it's other people's lives are being changed because of it. It's, mm. I, I don't know if you've ever said something really nice or someone drops their keys in the line in front of you or, or drops a $5 note. And you pick it up and you say, here you go. This is, this is yours. You dropped it. You do something nice for them. You just go out of your way to do that. And they're, and they're like, oh, thank you so much. And they have a big smile. And then it's like, oh, you feel warm inside. You feel, yeah. you know, oh, you did something nice. And as much as it helped them, it actually helps you too. Hmm. And it definitely like develops you. And, you know, I guess it makes you want to do more of those things. Like um, I had something like that happen to me like I was sitting next to a young girl and her mum just waiting for my mum and um, this little girl had a bag of cookies that she was having and um, one guy was sitting there he kind of teased her and went and like did a hand motion as if he wanted some anyway and her mum's like you know go give it to him like you know this is the week before Christmas and she's like you know give it to, give it to him. You know, it's Christmas, give it to him. Anyway. And I think she mentioned something like my teacher said not to, and she's like, my, your mom is telling you to do it, go do it and give it to them. And then she offered me one, then another one. It's like, Oh, you're so sweet. Like, even though, yeah, it took her mom a bit of encouragement, which is what youth need in the church. They need it from the mothers and fathers in the church to say, Mm go go ahead do it like you know you're being encouraged to do it and you know that little girl now has learned something it's good to be nice to people Mm. especially when your parents you know a lot of time it's like stranger danger but when your parents are there you know and they encourage you to do it it's just like 
I've done something good. Like one, I obeyed my parents. Two, I went and made someone's day. So I think that's yeah, really yeah. good. But our topic tonight, or some people maybe listening is morning or day or you know whatever for them. But what are five down to earth tips that you have for sharing our faith? So, you know, we've spoken about how the young people really helps them to stay grounded in the church and it gives them purpose and stuff. But like, how do we practically apply this? You know, someone is not just for young people. Okay, guys, like this is for all ages. Um, But we're saying young people specifically because we're young people and, you know, we want to go and help people. We want other young people to learn to help and to share their faith as well. So what are like five things, you know, number one, what would your number one thing be? Number one is to change your mindset. Sounds really abstract, but let me explain it to you. We wake up and we think the day is ours. Mm. And we go about the day's duties with our plan and our list of things to do. And we do it. And then, you know, if opportunities come up, we might say, oh, yeah, actually. And then we check it with our calendar. But other than that, that's about as far as variety goes, right? Mm. But we have to start seeing every day as a fresh opportunity to be an opportunity, an opportunist, sorry, Mm. And to be open to wherever God would lead us, right? So, so it starts with this mindset of there is someone today that I need to speak to. There is someone today that God wants me to talk to. Mm. There are things that I want to do in life, right? There, there I, I might just be, it's a boring day, right? Today, all I did was get up and do gardening and working at home and, and you know, how, how am I supposed to reach someone? Mm. right it could be a family member don't underestimate the power of family members Um, but I've learned in the morning that in order to have this sort of mindset is you pray for opportunities to share the gospel with someone today say lord today is yours it's not mine Mm. so I have lots of plans and you know what they are you know how much I have to get done today but I ask that you would please lead me if if you want me to do something else to be somewhere else you please help me to be open to that change and that you would please um, work on the heart of someone so that I can, I can um, be right there at the right time to speak to them or share something with them that day. Mm. So essentially it's you, your day is no longer yours. Yeah. You're living for a greater purpose. Yeah. And I think that's something as well. That's like really important. As you're saying, purpose is a big thing like in a young person's life that we need. Okay. Like me as a young person. And, you know, when Rachel asked me to be a part of a ministry, I felt that purpose. And I felt that, you know, I, I belong, as she said, you know, those, those very things that she said, it, it clicked to me. It's like, yes, that's what I felt, you know, when I was asked to be a part of the ministry to help with blogs, to help with photo design and stuff like that. It's like, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It's like I had purpose in what I was doing. It wasn't like, I don't know how you'd explain it. It was like I someone trusted me with those different tasks. And for me, that was just like, oh, I'm so, I'm so appreciated. Um, and it was like so good for me to be a part of that. And you know, um, another thing I believe with the mindset where you're saying, like, yes, everything has to be given to God as his. But I remember being with someone one time. I have no idea about this person's background, if they're spiritual or not. 
And I just had this impression just to strike up a religious conversation. And I was just like, oh, but I'm shy, okay? I appear very confident and very not shy, but, you know, deep down I'm actually shy and I hate, you know, having to strike up conversations. Um, and, you know, I was there, I was just like, God, like you want me to strike up a spiritual conversation? And then I ended up not doing it. And straight after that, like when I went back home, I was just like, what if that means that that person is not in heaven because I I couldn't get over my mm. my my shyness against God's will for me mm. to share with that person. And it was just like, God, forgive me if that has mm. meant that a soul is lost forever because of my neglect and my almost selfishness. You could you could literally call it selfishness because it was going putting me out of my comfort zone. It's, yeah. I've had definitely similar things happen to me. Um, I'll, I'm going to be telling you the story of, to, to, for each point that I tell you, I'll, I want to tell you the story of my workplace because I had this idea I was going to be a missionary in another country. Yeah. That was not God's plan for my life and it hasn't been. And like, I, and I tried hard. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that I didn't try hard enough. I tried really hard. Mm. God led me to be a bookkeeper at this place. And I was thinking, well, I guess I'll just have to share my faith here. <laughs> and um, I started to pray for opportunities to share with, with people. But when the opportunity came, I was not ready, mm. right? I was so shy and so nervous. And you'd think, because I've had training in the past on how to share my faith, you'd think I would be confident enough to do it. But I could not get over it, over mm. the shyness. And so it took me a good few months of trying and then hesitating and being too shy to actually speak up. And when some, even when someone would go out of their way to ask me a spiritual question, mm. I just, I, I was still so shy. Um, but I think one of them is to realize that each, when someone's genuinely interested in, and asks you, um, that's an opportunity for you to speak on behalf of Jesus. And, mm. and it's not really about you. If they reject that, if they don't like that, you say, okay, well, they obviously are interested in Jesus. It's not mm. anything really personal. So we, 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 lead, we need to learn to not take it personally, I think. Mm. And I guess, you know, I've been out where, you know, going door to door and um, selling spiritual books. And some people, you know, swear at you. They go and slam the door in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel knows those ones and you know it's just like oh like you know they did that to me you know it can really get you down but it's just like all again it's all about mindset you know are you as Rachel said are you taking it as a personal assault or is it they've just rejected life you know and I think you more feel sorry for them when you realize that Mm. that's what's happening it's not that they are um rejecting you is they're rejecting eternal Mm. life and I think that's a really crucial point so moving along number two what's number two Rachel well you you kind of already touched on this when when you were sharing your story about that um um starting that spiritual conversation Mm. 
So yeah, when it comes to, once you've prayed, right, you've gotten up in the morning and you've prayed, all right, and you start your day, look for opportunities to start a spiritual conversation. So this is very abstract as well, because how do you do that, right? Well, there's there's something called thought and a family occupation. Uh, what is it? Re- recreation and I can't remember what the last one is, but that's an, that's an acronym, right? Mm. Um, on what you start with. So start talking about their family. Start talking about their occupation, their, um, their what they do in their spare time, what they like to do, and that's oh, T is testimony. And mm. then if they're if they're a Christian or you find out that they're religious, ask them to share their testimony with you. Mm. People like to talk about themselves. Yeah, and this opens it up. But what you've got to look for is you've got to look for little hints. If, uh, you know, if they mention that they're Catholic, I say, oh, that's wonderful. It's lovely to meet um, other believers. And then you mm. ask them about their background and I'm like, oh, did you join the church or were you, were you like baptized as an infant and that sort of thing. And you get you just genuine curiosity in people's lives. Mm. You never know where that's going to lead. Yeah. Um, the same is true for um, topics. So. I don't know if you've realized, but since this global pandemic, it's it's oh it's awakened in a lot of people, either concern, fear, or just they'll just shut you down um, when it comes to talk, people don't want to hear about it because they're so sick and tired of it. And I, I totally understand that it can get really annoying talking about COVID all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's such an opening wedge for yeah. um, spiritual conversations. Mm. Because if you've if you've been following what's happening in this world, you can talk about God's principles of freedom of choice instead of force. You you can talk about these things and 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 a lot of people are asking what's going to happen next. This is the, the question on people's minds. So keep that in mind when you're talking about some COVID with someone next, as you can share with them the hope that we have. Um, so at work, everyone is very very concerned. Um, and so they should be. I mean, things are concerning these days. Mm. And they often ask me, are you scared? Are you, does that give you anxiety? Mm. And I say, look, it is concerning at times. I do feel concerned about, you know, things that are happening in this world. And I think we should be concerned, but I'm not anxious. I'm not worried. And they ask me, why is that? Why, why aren't you anxious? That right there is the opportunity to tell them of the source of our trust and the source of our peace mm. and i sh- and i'm able to just say a few words and they're not religious but i say well i believe that when we place our lives in god's hand he always takes care of us mm. and he'll look after me he'll provide he'll provide a way for me to be able to you know continue working and that sort of thing mm. so yeah yeah i think that's like really good like you know during this whole pandemic there's been like so many things going on you know but we've got a piece that passes understanding, you know, we know the source of that piece, you know, and, and that's Jesus Christ. And, you know, okay, I'm just going to let you guys know, hairdressers are a great place to strike out conversations because you're literally doing nothing. Um, that's, <laughs> that's where I felt like I should talk to someone, you know, while my hair was being done, it's just like, I should go and talk to this lady about stuff. I was able afterward like another time going in there to go and say that, you know, we go to church and stuff like that. 
So like just just dropping that, okay? People may say, oh, whatever, okay? But when, you know, for us being Seventh-day Adventist, everybody's like, you go to church on Sabbath, like the Sabbath, like the Jewish Sabbath, you know, the seventh day of the week, you know, that's a point of conversation. Like, you know, why, why do you guys go to church on Sabbath? Why are you guys vegetarian? Um, there was a Catholic lady that I spoke to, um, once again at the hairdressers, you know, uh, she was doing my hair and, you know, I found out that she was Catholic and, you know, that's how she had met her boyfriend. She was going up, I think, uh, to a different, like a higher level like basically studying more about catholicism and stuff like that and you know i was able to talk to her about health and different things like that and how you know basically god wanted us to have health and stuff like that it was a great conversation with her and you know even though you know we're different faiths you could say but you know at the end of the day she believes that there's a god i believe that there's a god and we've got the bible Okay, like we can go and discuss things very openly. Like, don't make it into a controversy either. I guess mm. it's like a lot of the time, like we can be really fixed on like doctrinal points and be like, oh, like you guys are doing so wrong. Like you guys are basically going to hell because you don't believe the same way I do. But that a lot of the time just goes and builds barriers instead of build, building bridges. So I think that's something really important as well is have a spiritual conversation, but not an spiritual argument keep yes keep yes. it more of a friendly interaction yeah. so people remember you and say I had a positive interaction when I met Rachel and she was really nice I've spoken to people of other faiths and they aren't so nice what's different mm. about Rachel and her faith mm. so I think that's something that's also really important absolutely you got to leave people with their positive impression and the reason isn't just because we want to be nice people it's because um, you can't separate the spirit of Christ from the truth of Christ. Mm. You can never, you can never ever separate those two because as soon as you do, you have harsh, um, really, um, it feels condemning. It's, it's God's truth is amazing, but to people who don't understand the love of God, it's, it's quite condemning because there's there's mixed up beliefs out there about eternal hellfire and and judgments of god that he's looking down on you and he just wants to nitpick at you mm. and so people grow up with that and so when they don't have that positive experience with you that's what they're thinking it just mm. reinforces that belief so we can never separate the two i agree yeah and you know so let's say that we've changed our mindset we've gone and learned how to go and steer a conversation to a more spiritual uh, path or we've been able to strike up spiritual conversations. What's another very vital and down-to-earth point that we can have in sharing our faith? Oh, another one on the spiritual um, convos just before I go into this one, very practical tip is if someone asks you, so if you mention something about religion and someone asks you, oh, are you a, are you a Christian? Um, or, or are you religious? Because I get this question a lot when I'm canvassing. You say this. Personally, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Have you heard of us? And then you throw back the question on them. So you, you do it this kind of a to and fro. You say what you are and then you have you heard of us? And you're like, oh, actually, I grew up a Seventh-day Adventist, but I haven't been to church in a while. And yeah. you're like instantly right there as a talking point. Yeah, so many times this happened. Yeah. 
or, or their uncle goes to the Seventh-day Adventist church or they're married to a Seventh-day Adventist or um they had yeah, friends in the past who are Seventh-day Adventists yeah. and taught them different things I've had that one before as well exactly and so um yeah just ask asking them oh have you ever 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 heard of us before very simple one keep in mind hmm. All right awesome. num- number three let's get on to that one before I talk too much <laughs> Number three is to carry resources. So um, there's this verse that says to um, speak a word in season and out of season, right? And what that basically means is that we want to be ready no matter what happens. Um, And I have a quick quote here. Um, I think it should be here. It's not right. It's not here at the moment, but essentially what it said is that um, Jesus, there was no such thing as, um, all right, we start ministry at 9am in the morning, we'll have a break for an hour, and then I'll be back, um, yeah, preaching at like, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, Mm. it's, it, it, for him, it was a way of life. So once you change your mindset, mindset, and you're starting spiritual conversations, you need to be ready to follow up. Mm. And the best way, if you haven't got a lot of time and you know you're not going to meet the other person again, probably not for a while at least, is to carry to carry spiritual resources. So things like books, DVDs, or you can point them to websites, YouTube channels. Um, so, podcasts. Yeah, podcasts <laughs> like this one. Really awesome, guys. Um, I'd recommend if you want to share this with anyone. Um, so um get familiar with your church's library they usually have sharing resources they'll have some uh, like that new hope book um that you can share with people and yeah so for me i i carry around little steps to christ in the side of my door i carry glow tracks in my handbag um and i carry them in my in my car in my glove box as well and then i've always got a canvassing bag in the back full of books and as well as that, I, I like to um, see new videos that come out from people like Doug Batchelor, really great resources um, on topics. And so I'll share a quick story on that real quick. So following this story with my, with my boss, so I finally got up, mustered up the courage to answer his questions. Now he asked me one day, he said, what do you think the mark of the beast is? And I was like, wow, this is, this is a question, isn't it? I'm just trying to have lunch and he's a Catholic. So I'm thinking, oh dear, where's this going to go? And so I didn't answer, but I, I basically said, um, I believe that the Bible has the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you read Daniel and Revelation together, you'll find the answer. And he said, oh, I think it's blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he, he, he comes in one day um, and he talks to my parents very briefly and he says I want to get baptized is there anyone who will baptize me and so um, because of that um, I was able it it was like an open door to share resources with him because I could see that he he genuinely like there was nothing stopping him he wanted to get baptized he wanted to give his life to God and he wanted to know what the mark of the beast was so that he could be prepared and he he's a studier and researcher so I had the opportunity to share with him a great controversy and a little steps to Christ, as well as 
numerous videos I'd flick to him and he'll flick a video back to me um, on my work email and I'll watch it. And he's like, did you watch that video? What did you think of it? And so we had these discussions and his videos aren't always, um, what do you call it, in line with all the biblical truths, but you, um, it's an opportunity to, for him to feel like he can share resources with me and I can share resources with him. Yeah. So, yeah, be prepared, carry some resources on you. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I think, you know, maybe some of you guys haven't heard about um, these books that we're mentioning. You know, we've said about um, Steps to Christ, Great Controversy, things like that. And Seventh-day Adventist churches, I'm sure that most of them will be able to go and give you a copy of either one of those books or you can find them online. So if you want to go and find out more about these different things, Doug Bachelor is also available. I'll see if I can get the guys to go and put the links in the description of this podcast so that you can go and check him out. He's in a great one, as uh, Rachel mentioned about him. You know, go and if you don't know, go and have a look at those resources, you know, discover more about God through different lines, you know? Mm. And um, so for you guys, you know, for us here, we're able to share resources with you guys, you know, through what we say. So check out Steps to Christ is one that is much loved. Great controversy. If you're into history, mystery, crime, and intrigue, that's the book for you. Absolutely. (laughs) And you don't know what's happening in this world, you know, everything as Rachel said everything's so upside down in the moment with all this pandemic Mm. you know mandates yeah people are searching for answers they're searching for stability something they can trust some hope because it's looking very hopeless at the moment Mm. it looks like things are just going to get worse and so um as much as the great controversy (laughs) goes into a lot of history it also has a lot of prophecy which leads you to have the hope in Jesus Christ Mm. which is awesome you know I, I forgot if I shared this on the podcast or if it was someone who I was going to be interviewing, you know, just privately. That's why our title has a question mark in it because is this world truly hopeless? Rachel, is it truly hopeless? No, it's not. Absolutely. As in, I'd say the world in itself without, apart from Christ is hopeless. Mm-hmm. There is nothing in this world that is good or meaningful. Um, even the things that are good are so shallow without mm-hmm. Jesus. But with Jesus, we have hope. Yeah. And this is one thing, you know, in Christ is our hope, you know, and honestly, steps to Christ. It's it's how to find Christ, honestly, guys. So check out those books, either local Seventh-day Adventist Church, there's like a fair few of them around and online. I'll see once again, I'll see if I can go and get links in the description for both those books and for different sites so that you can go and have a look at resources and have resources on you to share with your friends. And number four, Rachel, meet them in their homes. Meeting them in their homes. So there's this concept that um, I think a lot of churches have this concept that we need to run these really big programs and there's nothing wrong with that. And then we invite them, all these people to come and we need to pack the churches and we need to fill the churches, build these big churches and fill them. We need to build this big program and then we need to fill all the seats. And if the seats are empty, we're like, well, we messed up. We failed. And, and, and we're missing something. Christ's method alone. And, and I used to think, well, 
you know, people were just saying, oh, you know, it's evangelistic meetings don't work anymore because, you know, they're just, they just don't like evangelistic meetings. But I think they don't work for one or two reasons. I think they don't work because number one, um, we're not going to the people. And number two, I think there's been a lot of a disinterest in as a church, as a whole, um, equipping young people to take up that work of, of learning how to evangelize and, and be inspired. Because when you only have like one, one person they're doing the whole thing and the church just relies on this, right? Mm. Christ's method is he went from house to house, village to village, uh, town to town, and he would, he would speak, speak a word in season. And um, we get this picture of him and he's in, what he does is he starts discussing with two or three people, right? And then passers-by, as they're walking past, they pick up, oh, what are they talking about? It's really interesting. I've never heard anything like that in my life. Yeah. Oh, I'd really like to know the answer to those questions because mm. the rabbis at the time weren't answering those questions, you know, mm. and they stop and they listen and then more people come and more people come. And all of a sudden Jesus has this multitude of people, right? And it started with two or three people, right? Maybe even just one. Mm. And people are open if you go to their house where they are their environment they invite you in and that leads me into this next one how do you get to people's homes mm. good question i think you know there's a lot of different ways like i think one way which is mentioned a bit is help with their physical needs before helping mm. with their spiritual needs because a lot of people will go and allow you to help them out with, you know, say they need help in the backyard or in their home to go and fix something up. There is a wedge so that you can go and see them. And we've already discussed starting a spiritual conversation. Mm, absolutely. So um, are you ready for number five? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So number five answers this question. How on earth do we get into the, to their homes? So instead of just advertising for a program and then expecting people to come up so you can evangelize them and share your faith, you want to go to people's homes, mm. but knocking on the door and saying, okay, hi, um, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. Um, do you want a Bible study? doesn't always work. Although yeah. I have had it happen before where people have been open to a Bible study, which is amazing. It's a miracle. Mm. So what do you do? Well, here, here, let's get you, let's um, essentially, you want to use an entering wedge, right? So if you want to chop down a tree, right, and you, you chop it a little bit, you stick a wedge in there and then you start, you start banging on the, the back of the wedge and it widens the gap. And the further it goes in, the wider it gets. And so this is this, this concept of you use something that's not necessarily religious or spiritual to be able to, to, to enter into their feelings, enter into their life, you know, what are their greatest needs? Mm. You identify that and then you minister to that. And it's not always health, although health is one of the predominant things. So here are some really practical tips. Number one, go to your, to your, next, your next door neighbours, go to all your neighbours and ask them, hey, um, 
you know, we're new here, or even if you're not new here, just stop by, seeing how you're going. We live just down there. Wondered if, if just wanted to let you know if there's anything you need, if there's um, anything at all, um, we'd be more than happy to help you. Here's some cookies, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, and you've done your job and then you can have a conversation and check up with them re um, regularly. Another one is to, you can use surveys, basically where you go around and if you want to do a community and you can basically, um, you ask them questions like, what, what are some of your needs? Like, do, do you need um, gardening or cooking or do you need um, help with something? Or would you like a stop smoking program? Or would you like um, some resources? Or would you like a Bible study? Um, yeah, so, or just a visit each week. Some people just mm. want someone to talk to, especially especially the older generation. Yeah. Right? And you find the need and then you start ministering to that. So um, something that people underestimate as well is singing. Mm. Now, tonight, the reason why this podcast is so late in our time is because I was out caroling tonight. So what we went around and did is we would knock on the door and we'd stand back and when they come out, we'd start singing um, a couple of hymns. And then after that, we'd say Merry Christmas and we'd give them a book called Desire of Ages, which goes through the life of Christ. And it was an opportunity for us to share resources with people without just going up to them and handing them the book. Mm. And they were all so happy and they're like, yeah, this is so awesome. And sharing with them a spiritual song. So an idea is you knock on their door and you say, hi. And if it's not Christmas and you're not caroling, um, you say, hi, um, I'm with a bunch of my friends or my family and we love to sing. Would you like it if we sang a few songs for you? Now, this seems really weird, okay? But trust me, people will be open to it. A lot mm. of people are like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, go for it. What sort of songs would you like to sing? Oh, we'll just sing a couple of hymns and start with something simple like Amazing Grace or mm. um, something like that. And um, that most of them will invite you into their homes. Now, this is what you want. You want people to invite them into your homes as long as you're with some other people, especially if you're young. Okay, don't go into strange people's homes. Um, Unless your parents tell you. Remember, I said that at the that's, beginning. <laughs> that's right. Um, I'm at the age where I kind of can and, and it's not too much of a concern. But if you're younger and you're um, just on your own, try to take another person with you. And if you're female, try to take a male. We don't want any kidnappings or anything like that. But remember, God will take care of you. Another one is you can offer to cook for someone, bringing them food and they'll invite you in and they'll say, yeah, I have something for you. And when we're canvassing, right, we share books with people on the doors and we say, knock, knock, and hi, my name is, and then we share with them some spiritual books. A lot of them say, oh, why don't you come in and have a drink and I'll get you something, a bite to eat. And a lot of the time we want to move on really quickly, but mm. if you want to develop relationships, if you want to share your faith and to be able to lead someone to a personal relationship with Jesus, you, you want this, right? Mm. This is good for them to invite them in, uh, invite you into their homes mm. you can start talking with them, building a relationship with them and then come back regularly and visit them. Yeah. And um, honestly, with the singing, nursing homes are a great place to do this if you aren't you know overly confident about knocking on people's doors ask a nursing home if you can go in there and just sing some hymns for the old folk 
and they love it. Like I've been a couple times, and you know, a lot of the time the old folk do get very lonely. You know, a lot of them don't receive visitors and it's lovely to just go in there and seeing, you know, you get to talk to them afterward and, you know, they tell you the great job that you did singing and stuff like that. And it's really sweet just to be able to, you know, help them. You know, a lot of them, mm. they probably heard these songs when they were real young and it's just like, oh, I remember, you know, that song. And then they'll, sometimes they'll request different songs, you know, and it, as you said, it builds a relationship with them. So, you know, we, we don't just want to, you know, kind of just get straight to the point we want to go and like build a relationship with people so yeah. you know there's some rapport between us it's not just you know don't just shove the gospel down people's throats basically exactly absolutely and so an example from my work is recently um yeah I found out that um after after my um boss said he wanted to get baptized and anything like that I, I had this idea in my head of how can I share some resources with these, with these folk? And I, I um, been praying about it and praying about it. And I was waiting for Christmas. I was like, Christmas is my chance. Everyone loves gifts and presents. Mm -hmm. And I actually got this idea from another friend. Um, what she'd done is she'd gone around at work and she had a few different books, um, Ministry of Healing, Steps to Christ, Great Controversy, and a cookbook because people love healthy food. Uh, well. People don't always love healthy food, but they need healthy food. Um, and, and she let them choose which one they wanted. Mm. And I was like, oh, I can do this at my workplace. And praise the Lord, on Thursday, six people got the great controversy. They picked it. Oh. And I, was, I, I showed them all of them. And they're like, oh, I want that one. <laughs> I need to know what's happening. And I want to stand up for my freedom. Mm. Praise the Lord. And um, yeah, you can give them um, the option of that for Christmas or a gift. But I want you to tell you something about this meeting in people's homes and developing relationships is you can't let it end there. Mm. The ultimate purpose is to lead someone to have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you stop at just sharing healthy tips with them or just cleaning their garden, you're missing the purpose, right? Mm. So the entering wedge has to eventually lead to the actual main purpose, which is, you know, to actually cut down the tree. Um, so you, you want an opportunity to steer the conversation to spiritual things. This is where the spiritual converse comes in play. And you start talking about spiritual things. You share some resources with them. And then eventually you can sit down and open the Bible with them and let them ask you questions and answer them patiently, humbly, and you can give them a Bible study. Mm. I remember one guy, he was saying that, you know, he invited some people over to his place and he didn't eat pork and, you know, meat and stuff like that. And people would ask him, like, why? He's like, no, it's all good. Like, you don't need to know. And he's like, they start demanding, why don't you know? You're like, when they get to the stage of demanding, that's when you know that you've got it because then... They're, they're like, I am fed up with this. I want to know. I need to know. <laughs> they're ready for answers. Yeah. And they're ready for whatever, you know? And then he's like, oh, well, I'm a Christian, you know, in, you know, Moses's time and stuff, they were given commands not to eat meat. They were given special commands about the clean animals and stuff like that. Um, personally, I myself, I don't eat meat. Um, if you look back, 
in Eden, they were given fruits and vegetables, which is, you know, science is now revealing is the best diet to have. And, you know, then it's, it's a wedge to get in. Whereas just Ooh. like, why? I demand an answer <laughs> as to why you don't eat meat, you know? And it's, you know, that's one point, you know, which is directly linked with, you know, for us, you know, it's directly linked to our faith is mm. what we choose to eat because my body isn't my own. Once again, mindset, my body yeah. isn't my own. It is God's. Yes. I go and give food to my body that will glorify God and put my body in the best state so I can work to my greatest ability, do what I need to do to my greatest ability, you know, so that my mind is clear to have a spiritual conversation and to remember to carry the resources. That's and, right. Yep. And then I'm able to then, you know, my mind's clear. I'm able to build rapport with them and hopefully get into their homes. Yep. And I've used my diet as an entering wedge. Yep. So that I've I've shared those five points. Exactly. You just did it. You summed through, it up perfectly. Just through my diet. Okay. That's- so like people think that diet's nothing, but it's it's so big. It is. It's definitely. And and what's important to remember is that um, that first thing was he invited them to his home. Now, this is what you can do as well. You can invite people to your home and have a meal with them. And, and it opens up, people relax and they like, they talk about things. Mm. And that never would have happened. That spiritual conversation never would have happened if he, they hadn't been eating together because mm. they wouldn't have known about the pork issue. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for, for me, I had the opportunity. My boss actually started coming to church of his own free will because mm. the, um, he started having Bible studies with the pastor and um, yeah. So we had the opportunity to invite him to our house. And then we had a Bible study at our house because he was like, yeah, let's have a Bible study together. And so, um, yeah. And I've been sharing with him because um, you know, he drinks and everything um, still a little bit of alcohol because he doesn't quite understand the whole concept that you just shared of glorifying God in your body. Um, I was able to share with him some the the really nice um, uh, sparkling grape juice, the mm. non-alcoholic one for Christmas, yeah. and they were very very grateful. So, you know, there's just little by little along the way, you're able to share a better way of life mm. with other people. Yeah, and there was a story that I heard, which you know um, covers a lot of these different points. And um, it was about a lady and she was struggling, I believe it was with drugs. Anyway, and um, she'd been like kind of sneaking to one of the churches, then straight away leaving because she didn't want to talk to anyone. Anyway, and the pastor's like, I can't let her get away. Oh, yeah, yes, I know I, this story. <laughs> Rachel knows it. And it's a great one. And, um, you know, he's so he goes after her one day after, she, you know, she's tried to escape and he's like, you know, oh, how you going? Some of that, and, you know, they get talking and she's there and they explain different things. And she's, you know, saying about how, you know, she wants to give out drugs, but, you know, she isn't being able to and stuff like that. And he basically suggested that she needed to change her mindset. And she needed to help others. He's like, you've been praying for yourself all this time, but you need to pray for others now and you need to help others because by helping others, we help ourselves. 
So, you know, they had this big conversation. Then she's like, fine, I'll go out. Now I'm going to give these people their DVD that they requested, the resources that, you know, they've requested. I'll drop that off to them and I'll go. And we'll see if I give up drugs. Anyway, so she's given the DVD and he said, I'm not going to eat as long as you're there and need a wait to give them this DVD. And for him, it's very hard for him not to eat, <laughs> but he's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to pray for you all the while that you're there. And when she gets there and she's like, this isn't working. They're not home. They're not allowing me in. Cause it was like an apartment. Anyway, and he's like, go back to your car and pray. I don't care if you're there for days, you stay there until they come out. Anyway, and she's like, fine. And she starts praying. Anyway, and she calls up like him back two minutes later. He's like, no, this prayer stuff doesn't work. They haven't come. He's like, how long have you prayed for? And she's like, two minutes. And he's like, that's poetry, not prayer. You go back there and you actually start praying. Anyway, and she said that afterwards, she started basically arguing with God. And she's like, why this? Why that? And he's like, that's when you actually started praying, all right? All before it was poetry, that when you started going and really getting into your prayer and yeah. asking God, she's, he was like, that's when you started praying. And she said that, you know, while she's there, she's wrestling with going in prayer. Someone goes and like comes out of the apartments and she races over to them with the DVD. And she's like, can I please come in? They're like, well, you're not really allowed to. She's like, I need to get in there and give them this DVD. Anyway. So she goes in there and the person's not home anyway. And in a turn of events, someone else like asks her, you know, what she was doing and stuff like that. She's like, I had this DVD that I was meant to give to this person anyway. And he's like this big tough guy. And he's like, get into my unit. And she's just like, no, 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 no. I've got to just like give it and run. Anyway, he's like, no, go in there. Anyway, and he just leaves her in this apartment and he's gone somewhere else. And he comes back with like 11 other big, tough guys. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? Anyway, and they're like, you know, we're on drugs. We've requested this DVD. It hasn't been given to us, but we need to go and look at it. So they play it and she, I think all the guys started crying, you know, she's like, I'm a drug addict as well, guys but I was told that I had to do this. And so by that, you know, she changed her mindset and allowed God to use her. And, you know, she was able to go and help so many people through that, you know, 11 other people that she probably wouldn't have, that probably wouldn't have been reached if it hadn't been for her witness that day. And, you know, the resources that she was carrying, stuff like that. She went into the home, you know, all sorts of things, you know, that have been discussed and, you know, she was able to do it. And she was so happy afterward. She's like, I wasn't thinking about my problems when I was helping them. So as I said, helping others doesn't just help them. It helps ourselves. So I think that's something that's really important as well. Absolutely. I love that story. I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> and um, if I may share a qu- quote really quickly, yeah, sure. um, it says, a working church is a growing church. Mm. The members find a stimulus and a tonic in helping others. And, and it goes on to explain this story very similar to that one, but just a little bit different of a man who was freezing cold and he was, he was on this mountain alone. He'd gotten lost and he couldn't find his way back. And he, he was 
ready to die. He was ready to give up. Mm. Right? He's almost frozen. Right. And then stumbling around, he finds this other man who is lying there, like practically almost dead, frozen himself. And he's like, well, I've got to help this person. So he kneels down and he starts, you know, the friction rubs to try and warm him up. And then, you know, he's, he's, he's helping him and he's working. And as he's working to help someone else, he saves his life. And then he ends up mm. saving both his life and the life of that man. Mm. So this, this getting active in, in ministry, as much as it is about we want other people to be in heaven, we want them to have this saving relationship with Jesus. It is essential to the salvation mm. of our own souls. Mm. I know that when I'm not um, having that mindset in the morning, praying for opportunities and, and looking for ways to be a blessing to others, I know that my spiritual walk is struggling mm. because I begin to be despondent, to be very, uh, you know, my, my focus is on self. Mm. And so just on the last thing, it's not really a last tip, but this is the last thing I want to say. It's once you've done all this, right, it's really important that you share what you've done, these experiences with other people. Mm. And so I would highly recommend if you can find a couple of other young people and challenge each other to, to follow these five steps, right, and then get together and share what you've done. Even if mm. it's just something little, hey, today I had the opportunity to um, talk about my diet with someone else. And, and they were open to it or they weren't really open. What do you guys think? And can you put them on your prayer list and can you pray for them? And mm. you need to find other like-minded people who can pray with you, who can share their stories of success, their stories to encourage you, because sometimes it's very discouraging. Things mm. seem like, well, I talked to them and they weren't really interested. Don't yeah. really want to try again. But if you have other young people that you can join up with, and that's why I'm so passionate about this, you know, this is why I'm so passionate about other young people because I want other young people to know that there is someone out there who is supporting them, who is behind them, who is, who is encouraging them to, to reach other souls for Christ. Hmm. Definitely. And having that, um, I guess, community of, you mm. know, young people, older folk, whoever, as I said before, you know, whoever you are, you know, when you have those other people that you can go and talk to, about different things and encourage each other in the work that you're doing you know it's it's incredibly um uplifting you know mm. uh, at different camps you know we've gone out as you know larger groups and at night you know when we all come back together we have a time of sharing and you know we share what has happened you know sometimes it's not even us you know normally at the camps we were divided into two groups with the ones that I've been to where one's out on the doors going and selling books and canvassing the other ones doing like backyard blitzes and stuff like that and um you know you get both sides where you know someone's like you know able to pray with the person that you know we had the backyard blitz for and then you've got the canvases who are like you know I got to pray with someone I went you know sold this many books and you know people gave donations and you know they were just so appreciative I was able to pray with people I was able to be a listening ear and an encouraging voice to them you know and it's amazing you know to be able to just to hear those testimonies 
you know some people mm. are like I don't do canvassing but I do conversations she's you know I remember one girl she's like no way I I admire you guys for the work that you do with canvassing but it's not me but I'll have a conversation with someone in the airport and it's like good on you because for exactly. me yeah. as I said like Rachel and I said we don't I really like going and just striking out conversations with people you know we've that's probably something that I find harder and, you know, someone else finds easier. So, you know, it's, we're not saying that one way is the way to go. Like everyone should be canvases or everyone should do backyard blisters and stuff like that. You know, God has a very specific and purposeful role for you wherever. Mm. So I think that's also something that's very encouraging. Mm, exactly. Awesome. So in wrapping up, you know, we've looked at five awesome points. Um, what are some tips? And well, we'll share the tips, but um, what's your final thoughts? My final thoughts is that this can seem all very simple to say, I guess. Very easy for me to say on this side of all the training I've received and everything like that. Um, but I totally understand that it's tough. You know, it's scary. Um, it's it's going to require a change. If, if you haven't had this mindset, right, that's the first thing to work on. It's going to require a shift in priorities mm-hmm. and maybe a big one. But I, I, I encourage you to take little steps, just really small steps. This is what I had to do at work because as much as I'd been trained to do all this canvassing and preaching and all that sort of thing, I couldn't even talk to my boss. Mm. And so I had to take little baby steps and God understood. And he's not, he's not um, you know, stopped listening to me about spiritual things because I was unable to answer his questions. It just took me a lot longer. And now mm. he's, he wants to get baptized. He's going to get baptized. And praise God for that. And yeah. God is patient with us, but take little steps mm. and then share with someone else this little step you took. And then they'll share with you what their their little step was. And little by little, you can begin to just learn to live this whole different life because it is a different lifestyle. So Mm. I encourage you, pray, look for opportunities, start a spiritual conversation, see where it goes, share a resource, pray for that person, keep them Mm. in your prayers. Even if all you do after you share that resource is pray for them. That's my final words. Mm. And prayer is so important. Like, you know, when we go out, like when we're doing like the bigger evangelism things, like we're constantly praying, you know, we're, you know, Mm. and I found that that's when I had the most success with getting books out and stuff is when I'm praying all the time, you know, Mm. whether they bought a book or not, pray, thank God for it, you know? And you hear so many stories, like when you're out there of people who, because of prayer, have you know had crazy crazy events happen you know things that are like out of this world happening to them and is it was because of the power of prayer so I would strongly recommend praying and just you know slowly implementing these things into your life you know even if it's just praying more and asking to be a blessing you know yeah. is that person seeing Christ in me today by the way by the way I acted Am I the only Bible an unbeliever will ever read? And what message about God do they get out of me? Mm. 
So I think that is like one of the most important points. If an unbeliever was to see me and I was the only book, the only Bible that they were to ever read, Mm. what would they know about God? So Mm. I think that would be like my final thoughts. And, you know, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. You can find Rachel's um, ministry at www.undividedheart.online. And we'll have all the links in the description. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And this episode of Hopeless was brought to you by the Avon Valley SDA Church. And their website is avonvalley.adventist.org.au. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And thank you so much for coming on again, Rachel. It's been amazing and refreshing having you on. And hopefully we can have you on again sometime. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blessing. Praise God. And, you know, thank you guys for joining on and listening to this episode. And, you know, start sharing. And, you know, I hope that this has been a tremendous blessing to you as it has been to us. So until next time, take care and God bless. Bye.